All right. Well, thank you for sticking around for our afternoon service. Just we'll have a word of prayer and go right into the message. Or we'll sing one song and then go right into the message just this afternoon. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity to praise and worship you. Thank you for, Lord, how you speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'll take this next message, apply it to our hearts and our lives, that we may better, be better servants for thee. Lord, we love you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, turn to 369. 369. Thank you. 
morning. All right, James chapter number four. James chapter number four. We're going to be in verse seven and eight, and then be through some other scriptures this morning. But uh, we're going to focus here on James chapter four, verse seven and eight. Very familiar portion of scripture. The Bible says, "Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to thee." Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for all that you do. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, thank you for saving sinners. Lord, we ask this morning as we open up your word, Lord, that you would illuminate our minds and our hearts, that we would be better hearers and, Lord, not only hearers, but doers of your word. Lord, as we... Preach this message on submission and surrender. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to come to that point where we are fully, completely surrendered to you, knowing and understanding that you know what's best for us. Lord, we give you all the praise that glory and the honor comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you remember those cartoons? Uh, I used to, on Saturday mornings, I used to love watching cartoons. Uh, just last, no, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I enjoyed watching those cartoons. And I remember on times uh, uh, there would be a cartoon and uh, like one cart, one character was taking over another character's castle or something like that. And what they would do is they would raise up a white flag. And that meant they surrendered. Do you remember that? They just surrendered. There sometimes people will will throw in a boxing match, they'll throw in the white towel. Why? Because they're surrendered. They'll say they give up. And that's kind of what my thought is coming from this morning, is throwing in or raising up the white flag. Giving up, surrendering all to the Lord. And that's where I want to preach on this morning. The Bible says in Exodus chapter number 4 and verse 2, it says, And the Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Now, what we have in our hands is what we have in our, in our control, what we have in control of. I remember Brother Barnett preaching a message on that thought. But God has kind of dealt with my heart about uh, this more than once this week on this topic of surrender. For it seems like for the past, uh, since the beginning of the year, it's been uh, thoughts of surrender and just surrendering unto Him and looking unto Him. And God has rang my bell more than one time and what do I have that I'm not willing to relinquish to a loving Lord that knows what's best for my life? You see, this rod that Moses had in his hand was a source of provision. You see, he was a shepherd that was, uh, and that, that was his livelihood. That was, what, that, uh, that was his provision. That rod also stood a, soar, a source of protection. That's what he would use to fight off wolves or, or other uh, things, snakes and such as that. Uh, he could defend himself from the harms that came his way. But also the rod was his source of power. It gave him strength and stability to stand there his, as his, uh, that rod. See, God told Moses, he says, to cast it down. What he was saying was saying, whatever you have in your hand, relinquish it, surrender it, give it up. So Moses cast it on the ground. We know the story. And when, when he threw it on the ground, it turned into a serpent. Then God told Moses to pick it up by the tail. Now right here is where the end of the story would be for me. And God says, pick up that, 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 
that snake, I'm, I'm saying, I love you, Lord, but I'm probably going to run the other way. I'm just saying, I, I don't like snakes. Anybody else with me? All right, there's a few righteous people in here. Uh, I hate snakes. I hate them. Can't stand them. But that's what God told Moses to do. He says, pick them up by the tail. Now, ye that like snakes, wicked of the devil. Uh, anyways, you know that you don't pick up a snake by the tail. You, you want to pick them up, which I don't, I, I won't mess with them, okay? Just, we, when we was in Costa Rica, they had my, my stinking daughter, where is she at? She's not even, okay, right there. She wanted to pick up, the, we went to this, like, muse, um, butterfly thing, but they had other animals there, and, uh, and they had this big albino, it wasn't a big albino snake or yellow snake, I don't know, it was huge. And these stinking teenagers decided they wanted to hold this snake. And they're like, come on, pastor, let's hold the snake. No! No, I don't want to have nothing to do with the snake. Anyways, they did it, and they got pictures of it, and I, I, I don't know, I don't understand it. But anyways, you don't pick up a snake by the tail. You pick it up by the back of the head so it can't turn around and bite you. And uh, but you pick up a snake by the tail, and it, man, that thing can... It flops around. It can come back and bite you and do all kinds of other things. I don't have nothing to do with them. I, I hope you understand that. But anyways, let's go on. God tells them to pick it up by the tail. And this is, again, the only good snake's a dead snake, all right, the way I look at it. Well, anybody that has ever been around snakes know how to properly handle them. So this showed a tremendous dose of faith on Moses' part. Of course, the snake turned right back into a rod. And as we read on the, about this story, I've noticed some other things. Not only was Moses willing to give God what was in his hand, but he was also willing to give God his hand as well. In Exodus 4, 6, and 7, it says, And the Lord said, said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into my, thy bosom. And he put his hand into thy bosom. And when he took it out, behold, it was, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into the, his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. Moses gave God what was in his hand. He was willing to give uh, God his hand. But Moses was not willing to give God his handicap. There in Exodus 4.10 it says this, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who, hath, who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee, what thou shalt say. And we know the story, and he continues, and what ends up happening is Aaron becomes his mouthpiece. See, there are many in this room that are willing to give God many things. Your finances, God, it all belongs to you anyways. God, I'll give you my finances. You may say to yourself, God, it's all yours. You may be willing to say, God, I give you my family. I don't like them anyways, but... Now I'll give you my family, Lord. I'll give it. I, I'll give it. You gave them to me, Lord. Give it. The Lord taketh away. Lord, I, I, as they want to serve, 
I, I've said this about my daughters. You know, I, I tease about my daughters. I love my girls. Everybody knows that. But if God calls them to go to Africa, Asia, wherever God calls them to do, as long as they're doing what God wants them to do, I don't care where they go. Can I get an amen right there? Of course me and Mama would want them to be around us all the time. Well, we'd want one of them. I'm not going to tell you which one, but... No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, we want our girls to be around us. I mean, is that true that we want our kids to be around? We want our grandkids to be around? But can I say this? As much as I love my kids and eventually when my kids have kids, I'll love my grandkids. And as much as I love them, I want the Lord to use them. More importantly than them being around me, is them being willing to be whatever God wants them to be. Fully surrendered, whether it's in another country or down the street, as long as they're doing what God wants them to do. Maybe you've said, Lord, I'll give you my family. This is not an issue for you. My finances, it's not an issue for me, but maybe God says, I want your future. Well, God, I've given you my finances, my family, but... I'm not sure about my future. I'm not sure about giving you my future. I still need to be control of that. Imagine what God could do, what God could have done with Moses if he had only completely surrendered to the Lord. You say, well, he did. God used him in a great way. Yeah, but he held back some. This morning what I'm talking about is completely surrendering to the Lord. God hears the reins. What we want to do is we want to get on top of the horse and we want to hold on to the reins. Now, some of you may know this, but this last vacation we went on, Miss Christie and I, we, was, we went into the ocean and rode horses in the ocean. All of you are thinking, oh, wow, that's neat. I hated it. I hated it. I don't like riding horses, number one. Number two, we had to ride it. It was almost like bareback. And if you rode it, it's not comfortable, okay? I didn't enjoy it. But there was times where my hands was so tight on those reins that nobody could plot. I mean, I don't care what you had, a hammer, jack, uh, jackhammer. I don't care. You couldn't have got my hands off those reins because it was scary. And then there was other times where my hands completely went off the reins. That's because I was getting bucked and everything else, and I thought I was going to fly off that thing. But what God wants for us is to say, hands off the reins. Hands off. God, you're in control, and I trust you. See, as the Lord has dealt with me this week, I'm a person that likes to be in control. At least, I don't like surprises. And I want to know that everything is going to be all right. God brought a verse to my heart that put me under conviction this past week. In Luke 6, 46, it says in this, And why call me, ye me, Lord, Lord, to do not the things which I say? Here I am, full-time pastor of Putnamville Baptist Church, and I find myself convicted under, uh, over a verse I, I've said for years that I'm totally surrendered for the Lord, to the Lord because I'm a full-time pastor, I'm a full-time Christian, I do whatever God tells me to do. But just because I'm 
full-time or because I say I'm a Christian doesn't mean that I'm fully surrendered. So again, I ask myself this question, what is in thy hand that he does not have full control of? I spent much time examining my heart this week. In church, I love the Lord this morning, and I want to be sensitive to the Lord's leading in my life. I want Him to have full reign in my life, and I want Him to be in complete control. I want, him, I want to be so sensitive to the leading of the Holy, Go, uh, Holy Ghost of God. I, I must admit that there are times in my life when I am not completely surrendered as I should be. I want to preach just for a few minutes on this, raising the white flag. Please, we're going to be in the rest of the service in 1 Kings chapter number 20. 1 Kings chapter number 20. I'm going to read a few verses here and we'll get right into the message as I've kept you long enough already. The Bible says, And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up uh, and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city, and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also and thy children, even thy goodliness are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said this. Notice this verse. My Lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. That's where we need to come to, folks. Ahab gave what was asked of him by Ben-Hadab, absolute surrender. And I, I want to use these words. My Lord, O king, according to thy saying, I, I am thine and all that I have. These words are of absolute surrender should be on the lips of every Christian, every child of God as we yield to our Lord. If our lips are willing, uh, if our hearts are willing for complete surrender, there is no end to what God can do in and through a child of God that is completely surrendered. Absolute surrender to God is the one thing that is needed most in our lives. I have to say, absolute surrender is what is needed most in our lives. I want you to think this morning, is is that your testimony to the Lord? Notice these words again. I am thine in all that I have. God, I am yours and everything I own, everything that I have, everything is yours as well. I am at your leisure. I'm at whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Now that makes for good preaching, but hard living. See, this is a true definition of absolute surrender. Each and every child of God ought to yield to the Holy Spirit of God in His. Let me ask you this afternoon. Are you His and all that, uh, that you have? Is there anything that you're holding on for Him, from Him? George Mueller once said this, God, jog- God judges what we give by what we keep. Think about that. You ought to write that down somewhere. God judges what we give by what we keep. I want you to notice a few things about this topic of surrender. Number one, I want you to notice the examples of surrender. And I'm going to preach this quick, but I think of Daniel. He was one that was surrendered to the Lord, even though it meant uh, whenever he was, he was told that he wasn't to pray to his God, he knew what was written, uh, had the degree that was written, but he went as he did aforetime, and he prayed as he did aforetime. And we know the story. Daniel was cast into the den of lions, and, but Daniel did not waver or compromise his surrender, his total 
waving of the flag and saying, God, whatever you tell me to do, how I'm going to live, your, uh, live a life pleasing unto you. I think of the three Hebrew boys. These young men were uh, to bow down when they heard the sound of the music, but they were completely surrendered to the one and true living God. And they said, no, we're not going to bow. We're, we've surrendered already to the Lord, and that's the one we're going to surrender to. I think of the little lad that had lunch uh, in John chapter 6, and he had five barley loaves and two fish. This little boy surrendered all that he had to the Lord. But what is this little boy's lunch to so many? You see, it was not the lunch or the lad, but it was the Lord. You see, little is much when God is in it. Folks, you may sit back and say, God, I'm not much. I don't have much. But little is much when God is in it. If we would just totally surrender our lives and God could do some miraculous things in our lives. I think of the widow woman. The little woman that gave two mites there in Mark chapter 12, 42. Jesus calls his disciples aside and he said, this poor widow woman put in more than everyone else. And they're looking, they said, she, they, what? She only put in two mites, Lord, what are you talking about? He's saying, but they gave out of their abundance, she gave out of her necessity. She gave out all she had. She didn't have much to offer the Lord, but this woman, this woman was willing to be totally surrendered to the Lord. I think of the Apostle Paul. I think of a man, this man served as a wonderful example of total surrender. He said in Philippians 1.21, he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said in Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. When Paul knew he was in his final days, he said this, I fought a good fight, I've kept the faith, I've finished my course, I've, fi I've kept the faith there. Of course, the best example of total surrender is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord willingly put on a robe of flesh and blood and bone to redeem sinful man. He was totally surrendered to the will of the Father. He said, not my will, but thine be done. See, we have seen... The people surrender, but I want you to notice the evidence of surrender. There's no ego. When you're surrendered to the Lord, there's no pride, no ego there. In Acts chapter 9, verse 6, when Paul encountered the risen Savior on the road to Damascus, he says this, Lord, what will thou have me to do? He didn't say, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. There was no ego there. He said, Lord, what will you have me to do? I will do whatever you tell me to do. Why? Because I'm surrendered to you. Here was a man of great power and position that had finally been conquered. You see, the great difference between commitment and surrender is found by who's in control. Surrender is to give up oneself into the power of another, waving the white flag. When lifeguards, I've read this, when lifeguards are being trained, they are taught to allow a drowning swimmer to give up before taking hold of them or else they risk being drowned themselves by a frightened swimmer still dependent on himself. Until we are, until we are able to relinquish control of all our, our aims, our dreams, our admiration, all those things, our power, we will never know the freedom and fullness of the Spirit in our lives. No ego, but then there's no excuses. No excuses. Commitment can be debated and discussed in search of alternatives, but surrender is non-negotiable. God, it's yours. But, no, 
God, it's yours. If a child of God is crossing the road and its parent screams to stop, obedience is not up for debate. God's word is absolute to the surrender servant and never conditional. It's total obedience. It's total surrender. It's total submission. A surrendered life is a life that offers no excuses. God, I, I no, I should have done No, this is what I'm going to do. You've told me this, I'm going to do it. No excuses. When Abraham was asked to offer his son Isaac, the Bible says this, that he started making excuses. But won't you take somebody else? No. This is what the Bible says. He rose up early in the morning. He just did what God told him to do. See, there was no discussion, no argument. Why? Because we don't, deserve, we don't have any room to ask God what He wants from us. It's not up for discussion. There was no debating or excuses offered as to why He could not do what He was asked. But then, there's nothing excluded. Nothing excluded. In 1 Kings 19, as Elisha, Elisha was plowing the field, he received his calling to follow the Lord. To demonstrate his full surrender, Elisha returns and kills the entire team of oxen, leaving him nothing to go back to. I know some people, I'm not going to mention names, but I know some people that say, Okay, God, I'm going to give up smoking after I finish this one pack of cigarettes. I'm going to, okay, God, I'm going to quit eating sugar, but I've got these box of donuts I've got to finish. I've got to eat all the sugar. This It's me. Not the smoking one, the eating the sugar. Just want to make sure that was clear there. God, I'll give up this, but let me finish. No. You know what Elisha did? He says... I'm going to kill all the oxen. I don't have nowhere. I don't have nothing's excluded. I, nothing is going to hinder me from doing what God has called me to do. Think about it, folks. Let me give you an illustration of when surrender occurs. You have a high diver who will dive from a hundred or more feet. That diver does not surrender himself to dive to diving when he climbs up the ladder or when he walks up to the edge of the board. Surrender comes when he jumps because there's no way he can retreat and return. Lester Roloff said this, I have gone too far by faith to turn back now. Commitments are always an option. There's always options open to options, but surrender can only press forward because it has been burned every bridge. In the economy of God, there is no such thing as partial surrender. I surrender some. I surrender little. No, it's I surrender all. I won't sing the rest of it. Save your ears. Surrender all, folks. But then I want you to notice the last thing is the encouragement of surrender. You know what the encouragement of surrender is? 
we please God. That ought to be our goal in life, to be pleasing. The Bible says, wherefore we labor that whether absent or present, we may be accepted of him. I guess the greatest reward that I could get is to hear my Lord say, well done, now good and faithful servant. You've held back in some. No. You're willing to be faithful in all. Paul, at the end of his life, said this, I fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love is appearing. I believe that Paul was excited to win his crowns, to have something to give to the one who deserves all glory, honor, and praise. One day the angels in heaven will say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and all heaven is bowed at his feet, and the elders begin to lay their crowns at his feet. We will follow suit and cast our crowns at his feet, for he is worthy. In conclusion, the greatness of man's power is in the measure of his surrender, William Booth. God is ready to assume full responsibility for a life wholly yielded to him. Andrew Murray. Can you say this morning, My Lord, O King, according thy saying, I am thine and all I have. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Talking about folks that are surrendered to the Lord that are completely submissive, obedient, no matter the circumstances, no matter the, what's going to happen, consequences, I surrender all. Liz, play that song, I Surrender All, will you? I know we had it in the last one, but I, I believe it's fitting. I'm going to ask you, just to be obedient to the Lord this morning. God has spoke to your heart. What is in thy hand? What are you holding on to that God doesn't have complete control of in your mind? Is it your family? Is it your finances? Is it your future? Is it your ambitions, your goals? What is it that you're holding on to? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you know our hearts. And God, I ask this, this afternoon, Lord, that you would just do a work in our hearts and lives, that, that you would get the praise, the glory, and the honor for. As we have this invitation time, Lord, may we examine our hearts that we may be obedient to whatever you have for us. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Won't you come? You can stand to your feet. It's a little bit easier right now to stand and just come in one motion. I surrender all. Are you surrendered to Him? What is in thy hand that you're holding back from God? God, I surrender some. No, I surrender all. She's going to play through one time. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you. I hope that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged this morning. Uh, I pray that the uh, Lord spoke to your heart.
And uh, we're going to close in a word of prayer. Make sure you come back Wednesday for our Bible study, uh, continuing our study, Lord willing, in the book of John. And so we'll see what the Lord has for us. Let's close in a word of prayer. Brother Danny, sir, would you please? Keep them on our hearts and minds as we depart this week. And, uh, Lord, use us to be a witness. And uh, Father, bring us back the next appointed time.